Welcome to the Chamber Voice of Business podcast presented by AT&T. I am Steve Cox with the Rogers Law Area Chamber of Commerce and joining me today is Martha Londigan. She is a vice president and business banker for Legacy National Bank and today we're going to be talking about the SBA lending process uh, for specifically for small business and small business loans. Uh, just to get this right up off of, on the top of the podcast, you know, Martha does work for Legacy National Bank, but this is not an endorsement of Legacy National Bank or any of their particular products. SBA lending is something that can be done at any bank uh, in in the state. Any of your local banks that you work with, they can do SBA loans. There are about a dozen preferred SBA uh, lenders in the state of Arkansas, and we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between a preferred lender and non. But uh, if you have a relationship with an existing bank or you you have an existing relationship and you want to learn more about the SBA process or apply for an SBA loan, you can talk to anyone at your local bank and they can get you connected with the right person. So uh, this is the Chamber Voice of Business podcast presented by AT&T. All right. Well, thank you, Martha, for joining us today. We appreciate you giving up your very busy and very valuable time to come in and join us on the Chamber Voice of Business podcast. Uh, I guess to start, maybe explain a little bit about what the the SBA program is and kind of how it can benefit uh, businesses in our area. Yes, I think it's really important for people to understand this wonderful program that our government offers. Um, The SBA, which stands for Small Business Administration, was actually started by the U.S. government um, after World War II. Um, After World War II, the U.S. economy was recovered from the Great Depression and began to take off. And as we all know, small business loans are some of the riskiest loans in any bank's portfolio. So the U.S. government set up a wholly separate corporation that is owned by the U.S. government called the Small Business Administration as an incentive to banks to make small business loans to stimulate the economy. And so if a bank um, has a customer that qualifies for a small business, and small business is pretty much basically any business with less than 500 employees, less than um, $5 million in um, net income. There's different size standards, and, and, and it goes a little higher if you're doing manufacturing. But if a bank wants to do a loan to a small business, especially a startup, to help reduce that risk factor, they can process the loan as an SBA loan, and then the government offers guarantees. And for one program, which is the 7A program, that can be a 75% guarantee to the bank. Um, Lines of credit, which are a higher risk category, can be a 50%. And there are even some exporting loans to encourage exporting that have a 90% guarantee. Now, guarantee is not like insurance. If you're texting and driving in your car, which is illegal, and you have a wreck, your insurance company will still pay. The government guarantee program is um, conditioned upon the bank following the rules. So there are certain things that the bank has to do to qualify, you know, make sure it's a small business. Um, There's a list of factors that have to be um, figured out at the beginning. But if the small business owner qualifies for the SBA program and the bank makes the loan either with authorization directly from the SBA or as a preferred lender, um, then the bank gets that guarantee. And so that's great for the banks. Now you say, okay, well, that's great for the banks. How does that help me as a small business owner? Well, the beauty of the Small Business Administration program is that it requires less money down for startups or business expansions and offers longer terms. A regular bank that just does in-house loans has a loan policy. And typically that loan policy is going to require 20% down, maybe 15, to purchase commercial property. 
that's typically going to um, offer in the loan policy of an in-house bank, maybe only a five-year loan for equipment and build-out versus the SBA program, which only requires a 10% cash infusion of the total project for a startup or for an existing business to do an expansion. And typically with a small business loan to start, say, a coffee shop in mm -hmm. a strip mall mm -hmm. and have build out and working capital and buy equipment, those loans can typically be 10 years, which means the monthly payment's lower. Right. So it's a great advantage if a borrower can qualify. It opens the gateway a little better to not have 20% down of the total project than 10%. So, so it's a benefit. It's a wonderful program. Um, it's been around, like I said, for over 60 years, and it helps stimulate um, small business growth in our country. And I know I, as a taxpayer, it's nice to know that some of my taxes are going to a program that I'm really passionate about that I think really helps small towns across the country and helps small business in general. Oh, that, that's a that's fascinating. I mean, the, to know that this program has been around for so long. I didn't know it had, had existed for as long, you know, and I, I kind of help entrepreneurs and things. <laughs> I refer people to SBA lenders quite yeah, a bit. So yeah. um, what what's a little bit about the process? Like, let's say you, you use the example of starting the coffee shop. Mm -hmm. um, let's say someone does want to open up a coffee shop. What, what's the process like to try to get an SBA loan, and how is that different from a traditional, you know, car loan or something like that through through a bank. Right. Um, I mean, the first thing I encourage everyone to do is whatever your bank is, ask them, do you do SBA loans? And talk to an SBA loan officer or a regular loan officer who's done an SBA loan. Especially right now, it needs to be someone who's done one in the last six months. Mm -hmm. Because the SBA has a major manual called the Standard Operating Procedure, the SOP. And there were some significant changes to the SOP in January of this year. So you want to talk to someone who knows SBA lending. There are certain gatekeeper questions that I ask everyone in my first conversation, because here's the deal. When someone's wanting to start a business or a business has an opportunity for growth, you need to not waste their time. So the first questions I ask them that make it a little different than a regular in-house loan is one, are you a U.S. citizen or do you have a legal right to work in this country? Because it is a government program, that's a requirement. Right. The second thing we ask them is, have you ever been convicted of a felony? And that's not always a complete deal breaker. You know, if it's a minor um, offense from 22 years ago, there's a process you can right. go through with the SBA. But typically, we need to have a really good, clean record um, in regard to legal situations. Um, the next thing is we have to know if that um, business is small. So we have to know the size. Obviously, if it's a startup, that's not an issue. Um, and then we begin to also look at the credit scores. So you need to have a credit score at least north of 680. We'd like to see something around 700. Um, and then as the gatekeepers for these SBA loans, the SBA expects us to really get to know the borrower. So for me, one of the most important things is for the success of this future business or expansion, what's your experience? Everybody loves coffee shops. Right. And everybody would like to own a coffee shop. It sounds like a lot of fun. But have you worked in a coffee shop? Or have mm -hmm. you worked in retail food industry? Um, wanting to start a business that just sounds fun and like is something you want to do, that's going to be an issue. I've actually had conversations with people, um, people coming out of corporate America, um, 
um, mothers or fathers who've been home with children and coming back into the workforce. And I've said, let's, let's develop a plan together. Go get a job in a coffee shop. Work there day in, day out, behind the counter, in the store, with the customers for a year, and then perhaps come back. Mm-hmm. Um, often that 10% down, we have to work and the small business owner or the entrepreneur has got to go out and do the legwork. They've got to get bids and quotes and search for sites. And that's something any good small business banker should help you. I, right. I do give people because prior to my job at Legacy National Bank, there's another program at the SBA called the Small Business Development Center Program that the SBA and in our area, the Walton College, the University of Arkansas, have half-funded each to provide free business consultants. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a very hands-on banker. I like to talk to my business owners about what's going on. I personally have a lot of small business customers in Bentonville right now, in Fayetteville. I've got a small business customer in Hiawassee. So a good small business banker is out in the community and can help have those conversations um, with the small business owner as they put this packet together to know what their startup costs are or their expansion costs. And then once we have that confirmed, we start looking at the, the funding options. Um, one of the only big differences between SBA lending and um, in-house lending is we do have to verify your tax returns. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to divulge uh, personal tax information, and then we have to send off to the IRS a form called the 4506T to verify that the tax return you gave us is actually the exact one that was filed with the IRS. And this is a good thing because this is what happened to us in 2008. We've all heard about the liar loans. There were people who were manufacturing tax returns and getting loans based upon false tax returns. So we that's a verification process that we have to go through. You mean then, there's no more ninja loans? No income, no, no job? What? There's no more pretend <laughs> loans <laughs> that we unfortunately discovered. So you hear people bad-mouthing banking regulation and government regulations, but you know what? As a taxpayer, I'm glad we're checking those tax returns. I'm glad we're not making loans to um, people that um, are, are benefiting from government taxpayer dollars but maybe are not working in the United States or U.S. citizens and contributing to our economy. So I, I think that's a good thing. Okay. Um, and- and you mentioned, you know, having those free resources that are available, you know, for a small business, for a startup. Um, you know, how closely do you still work with, like, the, the Small Business Development Center or an organization like SCORE um, that for people seeking assistance that maybe need help crafting that business plan to come in before they're ready to apply for the loan? Oh, it is vital. The Arkansas Small Business and Technology Development Center, which is the ASBTDC, is based out of Little Rock at UALR. And there are seven centers across the state. And if you're an Arkansas citizen or if you live in another state and want to open a business in Arkansas, you fill out a one-page form and they will provide you with, I know at the Little Rock Center, several of the business consultants have MBAs. Mm-hmm. And that's free. And they will help you draft your business plan. <clears throat> Every SBA loan is going to require projections. You're going to have to tell us how much of your business each month is going to be based upon coffee sales, uh, food sales. Maybe you're going to sell T-shirts. You're going to have to get together a list of expenses and put these projections together. A banker ethically cannot do that for you. So you've got to put together a business plan and have a set of spreadsheets of projections of the business. Because the number one thing that we as the bankers do is we determine, can this business make its monthly payment on its loan. We have to protect 
the, that, that government guarantee for the SBA to make sure that that loan payment's going to be made every month, regardless of how much money you put down. Right. Um, the business has to be viable, and that's part of our job as the gatekeepers for the SBA program is to make sure it, it's a viable business. So am I out of line here to say that almost, the business is almost the collateral in, in this in this type of loan, as, as like a car would be for an auto loan or a house for a mortgage? Yes, and another beauty of the SBA program is it specifically tells bankers that if we're going to give you this guarantee, we're encouraging startup growth. So you're not supposed to just look at collateral, whereas with an in-house loan, that is vital. So we will have small business owners who maybe don't have a lot of personal assets, but the business, we're going to purchase equipment with the business. So that's all going to be pledged to the loan. Um, I've had people before, the SBA wants, um, if you own some real estate, if you own a home, all the SBA asks for is a second mortgage on your home. I've done that before for houses that actually had $3,000 in equity. Um, that's not the point. It's not the amount of the collateral. The SBA wants us to see that you're, you have skin in the game, mm -hmm. that you are fully committed to your small business. You are on board. You're going to pledge everything you have to give this business a go. And, and the SBA has been around long enough that they know what works. They've done studies and they know that small business owners who are active in the business, that's another thing. SBA loans don't fund things like um, building a set of rent houses. Um, SBA loans fund active businesses that sell products or offer services and stimulate the economy and hire employees, which is a major goal of SBA lending is to um, create more jobs. No, okay, that's fascinating. Um, it seems like you know, we have those free resources in the area. You mentioned like these longer term loans. What's kind of the typical asking, like maybe, maybe an average for, for an SBA loan? I would say, and, and this is just based on my experience when I was at um, the Walton College ASBTDC. So I was there for four years. I've been with Legacy for two years. An average to me is people come in, they want to start, um, say, a clothing boutique or a small restaurant, have a space in a, in a, a strip mall. So we're going to have build out costs. We're going to have equipment costs. The first three months of working capital, because mm -hmm. we got to give you some time to to have the money come in. I would say the average is between two hundred fifty and four hundred thousand um, dollars. We also work with small business owners who are currently in existence and they're doing fine, and they don't really need an expansion loan, but they've been using credit cards right. to fund little quick purchases or buy buy at market. And so one thing I really encourage small business owners, if you've been in business a couple years and you're still using credit cards to fund extraordinary purchases or um, to buy inventory, talk to a small business banker about getting a line of credit. Mm -hmm. Because the beauty of a line of credit is um, with SBA loans currently, um, banks can go out five years. Typically with a startup, we'll only do like a two-year line of credit. Right. Um, but once you get approved for that, that's a line that sits there, typically $25,000. And all you have to do is email your loan officer and say, hey, I just hired a couple of part-time people for the summer. I need, um, can you just drop $5,000 in my checking account? And then you only pay interest only on that each month. Right. And then when the funds start coming in from the extra sales, you pay it down. And so as long as that line goes up and down and up and down, it's going to be a much better interest rate, probably in a 7% range, whereas most business credit cards are 16 to 21%. Yeah. 
So even if Prior you're... Prior plus plus, if you will. Right. <laughs> One of the biggest myths, I think, about SBA loans is people think they're only for startups. I would say 50% of the people I work with are businesses that have been in business two to three years that are ready to expand, open a second location, becoming very common in Northwest Arkansas as our different regions are growing, adding more staff, adding a new product line. And your small business banker will help you determine, we're going to run the cash flow analysis. We're, we're not going to loan you a bunch of money you don't need. Right. We're going to make sure that if you max out that line of credit, that you're going to be able to make that full uh, payment on it um, if necessary. So that's a great tool that the SBA um, loan program offers. Even if you're not opening a new store, you may need a line of credit to fund business expansion. Right, just kind of that that rolling income that or rolling line that's there that it's there if you need it but almost yes. an, almost like an emergency yes. situation and also part of what I try to do with entrepreneurs is teach them the value of knowing their financials if you're going to a bank for money <laughs> you need to know your books right I mean you may offer the greatest legal services or you may offer the greatest clothing line, but you need to know your books. You need to employ a small business accountant so that you can produce profit loss statements and balance sheets, and you need to be actively involved in that. A bank's going to need financials to look at, especially for an existing business, to see how you've been doing. And you need to make sure, you know, people will come in and they're like, oh, well, we do our own QuickBooks. Well, QuickBooks on your own is great, but the old saying, garbage in, garbage out, mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to know how to properly put um, that information in and categorize it. You want to account for all of the funds so that your financials print out a true picture of how your business is doing. And as Northwest Arkansas grows, I'm starting to see lots of folks and lots of accounting firms offering QuickBooks classes, offering training. So you can't just buy QuickBooks software, you need to understand the finances of your business so that when that time comes to expand and grow, that you have a good financial snapshot to show a local banker. Mm -hmm. Now, what about for someone that might only need, let's say someone is starting up a video editing company in their, in, out of their house. And so they don't need, you know, $100,000, $200,000 for all of this operating expense and employees and, and leasing, leasing and things. They just need to buy like a really good computer and the editing software. So, you know, three, $4,000, you know, mm -hmm. to, I'm honestly don't know how much a really great editing computer costs, but <laughs> yeah, I uh, that either. could be lowballing yeah. here, but let's say, let's say under $10,000. Are, are there resources in the area aside from credit cards that that are, are out there that uh, a small business could use for, for a smaller purchase? Yes, we refer people a lot to a, an SBA micro lender out in Huntsville called FORGE. And FORGE originally stood for, it's an acronym, um, Funding Ozarks Rural Growth and Economy. And they started out um, with USDA grants. Actually, as I recall, started out helping to fund organic farming. But Forge, based out in Huntsville, has become one of the top SBA microlenders in the state. In fact, I think for two years in a row, they've been voted best microlender by the Arkansas Chamber of Commerce Association, and they are a fabulous resource. Um, so when people call me and they just need ten or twelve thousand dollars, I will refer them out to Forge. And if you just type in Forge Lender. Um, in Google, Huntsville, Arkansas, it will pop up, and they have a great staff there to do those microloans. And oftentimes, I'll refer people out there, 
And then a couple years later, they're growing that business. I have a customer right now that started with a forge loan. And then I recently funded for them a much larger loan because they went from online sales into a brick and mortar um, location. And so learning the process, try not to just use the credit cards because part of the process of applying for a small loan and starting to learn about getting financials together is you're growing as an educated entrepreneur. So when the big opportunities come, and I'm telling you, we see small businesses, we are so fortunate in Northwest Arkansas, who start out and within two years, their sales are tripled and quadrupled and they're ready to go. And you've got to become a, an educated small business owner financially to have yourself poised for that possible progress. Mm -hmm. Now, there, I know there is kind of differing levels. Um, you know, I know there are several banks in the area and about, I think, 12 in the state uh, that are preferred SBA lenders. What, but any, any bank can do an SBA loan. What is the difference between a preferred SBA lender versus just a traditional uh, SBA lender? Right. And kind of the lingo we use is we call them GP loans, which is general processing. So the SBA has, um, is based in Washington, D.C., of course. But then the SBA also has um, servicing centers because once the SBA loan is uh, approved, then there are servicing centers that help with the servicing issues that come up. And then there are processing centers. So a bank can get the SBA forms. And I encourage people, go to sba.gov. SBA.gov. It's one of the best, most incredible small business websites in the world. And there are forms. You can see the forms. There's a form called the 1919 that everybody's got to fill out to answer the questions about, um, you know, a, a big thing with SBA is you can't have ever failed on a government loan in the past. So if you had a VA home loan and you went into bankruptcy and failed on that loan, once you failed on a loan to the government, you're not going to get a new one. If you have kind failed one strike and you're out. One strike. <laughs> if you failed on a on a student loan and completely defaulted, now it doesn't mean you have late payments, but if you failed, so you can look at all the forms and see that. So this is what a bank can do. A bank can have maybe a large project come in that's really risky, but they, but they're really interested in it, and they can submit all these forms directly to the SBA, and then the SBA authorizes and approves the loan. That's where some of the myths come in about, oh, SBA loans take twice as long. Mm -hmm. So it can take a little longer um, to um, if, if the bank is a general processing lender. But several years ago, the SBA set up a program where if a bank will hire staff, so like at Legacy, um, I and two other loan officers, we spend a lot of our day in SBA loans. We go to seminars, we do webinars, we go to conferences, and we're learning the SBA system. We have a staff person that several days a month, all she does is prepare our monthly report for the SBA. So if a bank will gear up and educate its staff to learn SBA lending, then the SBA can come in and examine your bank and examine your staff and say, you know what you're doing and you're good at this and we're going to give you preferred lender program status. So at our bank, when people come in, they do have to fill out one extra form for SBA lending, but the rest of the process and the gathering of documentation, et cetera, is just like a regular in-house loan. Once our committee or our board, depending on the size of the loan, approves the loan, then myself and we have another loan officer who's our authorizing official SBA officer, Jason Mays, Jason or I will go into an online system called SBA One. And we sit there for about two hours and plug in all the information 
about you and your loan and your business, and then we hit submit. And if it qualifies and, and you know, it's, it's rare, it, something really bizarre would have to pop up. Like you had an old SBA loan you didn't tell us about that failed. Um, then instantaneously, we get an email from the SBA that says this loan's approved. And then we print off our own authorization. We print off our own 1920, which is an SBA form. And we get the loan ready for a regular closing with the SBA documents. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a lot faster. We don't have to send off to the SBA for permission. We have been granted that. It's and almost then, like an express lane for It is. <laughs> for it's exactly. Okay. It's like being able to online do what the SBA does in general right. processing. Right. And, and you said Legacy is one of those banks, but and there's Legacy, also about 12 others yes, uh, in, about in the state. Yes, 12 others in the state. Um, I, I, You know, just off the top of my head, I would say there are four or five in Northwest Arkansas who do a lot of um, uh, preferred lending. You can go online and reach the, research that. You can call the ask SBA. Ask your local banker. You can ask your local bankers. You can call the SBA in Little Rock. Type in SBA um, offices, Little Rock, Arkansas, and you can call down there and say, hey, I live in Helena, Arkansas. I live in Bentonville, Arkansas. Who are the preferred lenders in my area? Mm -hmm. And they will tell you. They are government employees. They work for you. If you pay taxes, they work for you. And they will help you. There's an SBA servicing rep for our area. Our new rep for our area is Richard Duda out of the SBA office in Little Rock. Richard will come up and meet with you. Mm -hmm. um, so there are a lot of great um, resources. Um, Startup Junkie in Fayetteville is very familiar. They offer wonderful free business consulting services. They're very familiar with all the SBA lenders. All of us work with Startup Junkie and provide um, educational opportunities and information to them to help entrepreneurs. So you can just reach out and ask. And like I said, my only caution is I would want you to work with a small business banker who sometime in 2018 has done an SBA loan because there were some significant changes to the process and the forms that started in January of this year. But people don't listen to the myth that SBA loans take too much time. Other than sending off to verify your tax returns, um, there are a couple other requirements. SBA loans, typically, we're going to ask for life insurance, mm -hmm. a small life insurance policy to equal the loan, so that if something were to happen to you, you don't want your family to be stuck with that debt. You don't want your, your assets to all just be dissipated because of that debt. So that's a good thing. So sometimes life insurance, it depends on the age of the person. And I, how, I had no how, idea about that. That's, yeah. that's interesting. So yeah. you will see almost all SBA loans, but I always tell people, you should be happy about that. That can help you sleep at night to not worry about that debt if something were to happen to you. And that life insurance policy is an expense of the business. Right. So there are little nuances and um, things. And, you know, most in-house banks require life insurance, too, if they're major loans. Mm -hmm. um, so there are just some little nuanced things. You know, there are some things we can't get around. Once you put all your costs together, you are going to have to show the SBA that you can put 10% cash in. Now, once again, there's always little tweaks to it. If you have someone in your family who wants to gift you that 10%, that's allowable. They're going to have to sign a sworn affidavit that it is a gift right. and it is not a loan, a backdoor loan. Mm -hmm. So we have to be, you know, let's all remember we're talking about government funds here. So um, there... What I like to tell people with SBA loans, we can probably work around anything, 
there's a form for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's my job. I'm yeah. going to find that form. There's, a, there's gonna... a solution to almost every problem. You just got to make sure you're doing it right and, and legally and ethically. Yes. And, you're right. and, and, and the course. good thing is I tell people when there's all these different little nuances, that's wonderful to have a government program that just doesn't say A, B, C, that's it. Mm-hmm. We, if, if B is like halfway, let's look at this. There's can, option can, C yeah, and D is and there E. This? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's even where you can even take out a HELOC to fund your 10% as long as you can show other funds available to you or your family outside the business can make that payment. HELOC so, standing for home equity home line, equity of, line credit. of credit. Mm-hmm. So we just can't we just can't have the business borrowing money for its down payment. So right. there are lots of great nuances. And if you work with an experienced SBA um, loan officer, um, it, it's there we can usually work around any minor issues because we want you to get your doors open. And the whole point of SBA lending is to help entrepreneurs and small businesses that don't have the advantages that larger businesses and corporations right. do because well, they don't have the major assets. But when you look at it, the, the you look at the large corporations, you know, you think of the big three in Northwest Arkansas of, you know, Walmart, Tyson, and J.B. Hunt. At one point in time, they were small businesses. And Absolutely. look where they are now. You know, I mean, so, so the more small businesses we have, I mean, Northwest Arkansas is proven fertile ground for businesses. Simmons, George's, Ozark Mountain Poultry, uh, Becker, when, when they were in Belgium, Glad Manufacturing, you know, uh, Collective Bias, you know, you yeah. look at these businesses that, you know, a lot of them are homegrown here in Northwest Arkansas. So, you know, you want to encourage that business growth. So Absolutely. And that's one thing I encourage small business owners. Talk, if you know other small business owners, talk to them, talk to them. Now, obviously, if you're opening a clothing store next to another clothing store, <laughs> they're not going to want to give you a lot of help. But talk to other small business owners. Find out who their accountant is, where they bank, who their small business attorney is, because you're going to have to set up a legal entity. Um, get to know the area. You need to know what, what, I mean, my favorite type of customer are people who have lived in a town worked in a town, they know that town, they know the consumers, they know what's going on, and they see a niche. They see a need. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I can do that. And working with those people is, you know, it's just building on their history, on their experience. And, you know, I know at Legacy National Bank, we're we're a small community bank. We're owned by local people. And we have conversations, you know, do you know these people? What do you know about their history? What kind of people, you know, so your character matters a lot. And when you have, you have worked hard and lived a good life and paid your bills, I see the SBA program as a wonderful reward to you um, and a vote of confidence from a bank to reward you for that, that character. We have the five C's and character is a huge one. And that's why it's important to point out that, you know, it, it you can talk to your local banker, one that you have had that checking account with since you were a kid or, you know, things like that. The, the, having that existing relationship is an important factor and why um, so many other banks can do SBA loans a, as well, because, you know, it is about that relationship and they, they know you and, you know, that that can go a long way. So um, I, I appreciate you taking your time. We're, we're kind of needing to wrap up here a little bit. Do you have one last quick question this kind of just came to me um can the sba help with like franchise fees like let's say you know we talked about maybe wanting you know someone want to open a coffee shop or something like that well what if someone wanted to open a franchise from somewhere else in the country 
and then open up here. Um, you know, we saw that with like Dunkin' Donuts that's, or, you know, Starbucks. You know, they're not all corporate stores. And McDonald's is, is locally owned, Chick-fil-A. They franchised that. Um, can the SBA help with that or is that a restricted thing? Absolutely. Okay. The SBA actually has a franchise directory. Well, there and we so go. so <laughs> the SBA has done a great job of streamlining the franchise uh, process. Years ago, there was like a form the franchisor had to fill out and they had to sign it and you had to investigate. The, the concept is the SBA doesn't want the franchise company to have too much control over the small business owner right. because we're approving that small business owner. We're not approving the franchise, but they now have this great system they launched last year and all these major corporations that offer franchises have gone through a vetting process with the SBA and they're on a list. And the list, I'm not going to get into the, the list is, is different. So there's, there are those that have already signed an agreement with the SBA. There are those that are approved by the SBA, but there's an extra form that has to be signed. So um, I know our bank, we've done several franchises in the last year and we just look them up on the franchise directory. There's a screen, an SBA one, where you answer the questions about it. And so that franchise fee is one of those um, startup costs that's put together for the total package uh, of which you just owe the 10%. So mm -hmm. that's part, something that can be funded. Yeah, and I think that's something important that a lot of people in Northwest Arkansas might not know is that a lot of these national chain businesses in our area, you know, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Five Guys, you know, just to name a few, are actually locally owned um, because they are franchised. And so yeah. they, they, you still are supporting local business, even though you're shopping at a national organization. So. And talking about little things people don't know, always remember, too, farmers, farms, agriculture, that's a small business. That is true. The SBA has an incredible history. Um, we have um, several agricultural loan officers on uh, our staff at Legacy National Bank. SBA loans can fund cattle purchases, poultry houses. There are lots of um, SBA programs for farmers and farm-related businesses. If you want to open a well drilling business or a feed store, so the S, you know, let's always remember um, that farmers um, and ranchers are small business owners too. These programs are almost designed for middle America, Absolutely. <laughs> so, so to speak. So, Absolutely. Well, Martha, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you coming in and joining us on the Chamber of Voice of Business podcast. Um, it has been very informative for me. Uh, if you know you do have questions as a listener and you, you want to learn more about the SBA process or you or you know someone that is thinking about getting the loan or needs, needs an, an SBA loan, you can reach out to Martha. You can reach out to your local bank. Um, there's the resources that are out there to help you. So, Martha, thank you so much. We appreciate you. And this has been the Chamber Voice of Business podcast presented by AT&T.